If you haven't been with us for the past couple of weeks, we've been doing this series called Do Not Disturb, which is really the, uh, the freedom of shutting your notifications off on your phone and uh, having the freedom to, to be able to do that, the ability to do that in your heart. What would it, what would it look like for you to, to walk through life and not be pulled and live a life of reaction, but actually live a life that's so anchored in the purposes of God and the presence of God, where you know what's a distraction and you know what God's inviting you into. So you're not pulled back and forth. And at the end of the day and the end of the week and end of the month and end of the season, you're exhausted and burnt out. That's what we've been talking about. So um, as followers of Jesus here living on this temporary, very temporary earth, Earth, we, we've been talking about the, the, one of the commandments that Jesus gives us is um, it's by way of, of warning, but it's also by way of invitation. You will be strangers to this land. Whenever you live your life out loud in front of everybody else, you're going to be strangers. So there's nothing, nothing more strange than living a life of silence, solitude, and rest. So those are, those are the rhythms that we've been talking about. What, what does it look like to actually spend a solitude time in the morning with Jesus, just him, and to be allowing your soul to be at rest as you move throughout the day? And we've talked about that for the past couple of weeks. We've been talking about journaling. We've been talking about when we get into the Word, what's the litmus test? Um, how do I know that I'm actually getting in the Word properly? And uh, the answer is whenever you come out of the Word, your love for God is stirred. Your affections for God uh, increases. And then your life starts to look a little bit more like the Good Samaritan. Um, we also talked about whenever we look into the Word, we get, to, we get to know two primary things. We get to know God and we get to know ourselves. And so we talked about those for the past couple weeks, monumental uh, uh, statements. I just kind of briefly ran through them. But if you haven't joined us for the last uh, couple weeks, I would encourage you to go back because um, I don't know what God's been doing, but he's really been stirring us up to something. And uh, we usually have a, um, a, a weekly uh, prep and review meeting from what we do on the weekend experience. And um, one of the conclusions is that you guys are really spending more time with Jesus during the week, and we can tell. Uh, we can tell that you're opening up your Bibles, you're opening up your hearts, you're spending solitude time, you're sacrificing other things to say no, to say yes to Jesus. Um, because whenever you come in, I don't know about you, but can you feel the atmosphere? When you come and seek God during the week and then we just show up, like just simply show up, uh, I'm not saying life just goes smooth and goes well, but there's something that changes and shifts in the atmosphere. When you ever come in here, you're just almost readied for God's presence. And when, when hundreds of people come together, it's just something happens and it's really, it's amazing. So we can tell in the response time of what we've been doing for the past couple weeks during worship, there's just more freedom and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. And so I just want to build off of that again. I want to talk about your solitude time, uh, your, your time with Jesus, what that looks like. Because I've been having a couple conversations the past couple weeks that have been a little bit consistent. And it's been really good where people have been saying, hey, I have a, I have a time and a place where I meet with Jesus. And it's amazing. And then I get my Bible, and I use the one-year Bible to, to direct me a little bit. I'm doing a little bit of Old New Testament Psalms and Proverbs every single day, and it's a brilliant portrait of who Jesus is. And then I set aside time after that or during it to journal. And so they're talking about all this, and then, and then they get to this point where this is all great, and then it comes to, however, um, whenever I read the Bible during the week, a lot of times, I just don't, I don't get it. 
I'm just, I'm just not really understanding. I come to church and I get it. Like the text that we go over, it makes sense. I know where, I know where to put it. I, I just, it resonates with me. I, I feel more joy. The burden's lifted off and I go out with a newfound hope. But, but whenever, it, it, this is the conversation. A lot of times whenever I talk to people, they say, but when I read it on my own in solitude time, I'm doing everything that you're telling me to. I'm, I'm setting up a time and a place in solitude. I'm journaling. I'm doing all that stuff. However, whenever I get into the word, it just doesn't, I don't know what it is, but I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I read it, but it's just not really, it's not clicking like it is whenever I come to church. And I don't know, you don't have to raise your hands, but I've, I've been there before. All of us have been there before. It's not just seasons. It may be something else going on. So I want to address that today. I want to talk about that today. And I want to let you know that it's, it's most likely not your strategy. It's most likely, I'm just going to say, it's not the way you approach it. It's not your it's not your formula. Uh, it's not the way that you go about it. It's not the time of day. Uh, you, you're thinking, I do it in the morning. Maybe I should do it in the evening. It's, it has nothing to do with any of those things. So maybe you, you're one of those people where you're like, you know, you, you're, I'm just going to say, you're a little bit OCD, and you go, you go Bible, uh, journal, and then prayer, and then you're like, this is going to mess me up, but what, I, I'm not getting anything out of the Word, so maybe I should go take my, I should pray, then maybe Bible, then journal, and then and then in your mind, you're like, I don't know if that's going to work, but you're just, should I, it's not, it has nothing to do with that. So let me just free you up. If you're kind of the order and the list person, I'm just, just breathe some life into you right now. Amen. And, and I, I want to tell you what it is. So if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, um, this is an issue that has been going around for years. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 14. Chapter 3 is talking, and Paul is talking about how there is a New Testament, there's a Jesus that is coming, and uh, it's amazing. And here are some of the benefits, which is reading of the Word. So in verse 14, he says, their minds were hardened. Don't skip over that. Their minds are hardened. Let me tell you the word hardened uh, actually comes from a word that we use called callous. Uh, Any guys, men in here, and women as well, have calluses on their hands. Uh, Anybody know I like participating. Anybody know what a callus on their hand is? David Cheek, you know a couple about those. Come on, somebody. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like when you touch them, you don't feel anything. There's a, there are layers and layers and layers of dead skin. You can poke a pin through it and not feel it. That's what he's talking about. You go through life and your life is just dull. Your heart and your mind isn't experiencing much of anything. So what happens is you need extremes. You need extreme situations and experiences to walk through just to feel something. And he says, listen, I'm just letting you know, that's not your fault. That's an issue of, of humanity. <laughs> that's just, we live in a sinful world. You, got it. you have an enemy without, and you have an enemy within. I mean, from both sides, you're getting attacked. It's not your fault, but I'm just gonna let you know there is a solution. So don't, don't just skip over that. Verse 14, but their minds, your and my, our minds, they're hardened. Even to this day, listen, here's your issue. Read this. Even to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that's the Old Testament, this same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is that veil taken away. I don't know about you, but if you put any sort of covering over your head, you can't see anything clearly. It's, it's, um, it's faded, it's blocked, it's, um, it's confusing, it's out of focus. That's, that's what they're talking about. There's a veil over your head. So why are you surprised that that same veil is over your head when you read Scripture? You're like, 
I don't know why, but I'm just, I'm not getting it. I just, it's, it's out of focus. It's not really applicable. Come on, anybody, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And th- this, is the, this is an age-old problem. He said, whenever they read the Old Testament, Moses, the Old Covenant, they have a veil over their mind, over their heart, and over their head. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted. But here's the good news. But because through Christ, it is what? It is taken away. That means you don't have to do anything new in the mornings. You, you don't have to, to change your, your strategy up. It's not how you read. It's just Jesus taking that veil away. Anybody interested in, in listening to the Bible and getting everything out of this? Let me, let me just go outside. Anybody interested in getting everything out of life? then you need eyes to see and a heart that understands what God's doing in your life. And let me just tell you, that's not a new strategy. It's not a new way. It's not a discipline. It's not a willpower that you can do. It's only through Christ when he takes it away. This is amazing. And in verse 15, let's keep going. He says, yes, even to this day, whenever Moses is read, that's the the Old Testament, the veil lies over their hearts. I mean, we, we get reiteration. Uh, all, this is not redundancy. This is reiteration. There is a point in this. Verse 13, there's a veil. Verse 14, there's a veil. <laughs> verse, verse 15, there's a veil. Like this is repetition. He's trying to emphasize something. Like there's an issue going on. It's covered. You're not getting anything out of it because you, listen to this, because you can't see it. Can I just clarify? You and I look at a lot of things. We can look at scripture, but that doesn't mean we see it. You can look at your spouse, doesn't mean you see them. You can look at your children, doesn't mean you see them. You can look for God, but that doesn't mean that you see. That's why Jesus said, that's why I speak in parables. So those who have eyes, they will see, not just look at. I want you to gaze. I want you to see. I want the reality of my my heaven right here on earth to come alive. You want to be awakened. Wow, I see what God is doing in my life. Now I know why there's issues, problems, and confusion, anything else that comes in life, I can see. doesn't mean it eradicates it. It just means it gives me understanding. And when you have understanding, it literally is an anchor for your soul in a storm. Everything's going to be okay. There's trust and there's peace there that you cannot describe. Yes, even to this day when Moses has read, a veil lies over their hearts. Here it is again, but he's just going to give you the solution. In verse 16, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is what? The veil is removed. It's taken away. It's ripped off. Can I just make a quick correlation? Whenever Jesus died on the cross, there was an earthquake, and the curtain inside the Holy of Holies was ripped from top to bottom. The veil, the curtain, is wide open. Religion and law and good works are never going to get you there. It's only through Jesus. When you read the Bible, it's not your reading comprehension or your plan getting in there. It's the veil that needs to be removed. Anybody interested in getting that veil removed? He says, just turn to Jesus. Let God do something inside of you so you can have new eyes, ears to hear, and a heart that understands what God is doing in the word. And when you get this word inside of you, you walk out the word just by living your life naturally. This is amazing. Good set of scripture right here. You guys encouraged? You encouraged? So he he keeps going. He says, um, but one turns to the Lord, the veil removed. Verse 17, now the Lord is the spirit. 
He's connecting the Trinity here. God the Father, is he in heaven? Yes. What about Jesus? He's also God. But what he said, where, where the Lord is, that's also the Spirit. So wait, the Holy Spirit is also God? Yes. So then you look at me and you say, Pastor, explain. I look back at you and I say, I can't. You know, I don't know. It's just it's the way it is. I look at my, my kids and, and we talk about, what does that mean? What, who's the Holy Spirit in Jesus? And what about God, the one that's, you know, in heaven, the Father? I said, that, they're the same one. They said, well, explain that. I said, well, here's the only thing I can got. Um, I'm your dad, right? Yes. But I'm also, uh, I'm also a son. Um, and I'm also a husband. So I'm like three things, but I'm the same dude. So I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I don't even know if that does it justice. But to my eight-year-old, she's like, all right, I get it. Let's move on. <laughs> so it helped me. So I, I don't know if that helps you. And so here it is with um, verse 17. Let's go back. Now the Lord is the spirit. He's talking about the connection between the two. The Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So in areas of your life that you have invited God to be Lord over, the Holy Spirit is going to allow for freedom in that area. If you haven't invited God into your past and into your wounds and into the areas in which you struggle with or your addictions, if you haven't said, God, I want you to be Lord over that because I just can't do it by myself. If the Lord is there, if Jesus is there, the connection of the Holy Spirit is there. And if the Holy Spirit is access to that moment, then all of a sudden you're like, I don't know why, but I'm getting more freedom in this area. And it's not because of discipline. It's not because of the self-help books. It's not because of behavior modification. It has to be the transformational power and work of Jesus Christ in my life, and then I can just worship a little bit more, because I'm free. Is that because I'm free? And then in verse 18, and we all, we all, like this is a church thing, this is a family thing, and we all, so that we can change our worship, and we all, so that we can go out into the city and say, you, you just live differently. You're a, you're a little bit strange. You know, I don't know what it is, but you're just free of opinions. You're free of man. You're free of everything else that weighs everybody else down. You don't worry, and you don't, you're not anxious. You're just peaceful. Give me some of the water that you're drinking. You know what I'm saying? And we all with unveiled faces. What are we doing? It says beholding the glory of the Lord. What, what is that? We're, behold, we're seeing things that we've never seen before. You ever read the Bible and, and new things pop out? That's the Holy Spirit. Anybody not have that and want it? Yes. Then just get the Holy, just say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. Anybody walk through life and be like, I don't get what's going on. God says, I'm the God of understanding and insight. Ask me and I'll tell you what's happening. This is the case where he says, when, when this happens, he says, behold, you will see the Lord. And, and then here's, I love this heart. Beholding the glory of the Lord, you are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Whatever it is that you look at, you're transformed by what you see with your eyes is the gateway to your soul you're allowing those words those images inside of you what you look at what you gaze upon what you behold what you see is what you're changed by so you may have some issues with reading the word of God that's because there's a veil it's not over the word it's over you and anything you look to, your spouse, your family, your life, and the Word of God, you get frustrated. Because if you don't know what's going on underneath the surface, you don't really get the purpose behind it. It's natural. And then you say, you know what, I just need to pray more. I just need to go to church more. I just need to be a better person. No, you don't. 
Because you can't do any of those things. You need to just take the scripture and say, you need to, A, you need to turn to the Lord. And then you need to start looking at what God is showing you. And you'll be changed by what you see. I remember having a conversation weeks, maybe even months ago, out in the lobby. And somebody came up to me and and he said, hey, um, I, I've been coming to church, and I love it. I just love how I feel and, and what I experience when I get here, uh, so much so that I'm, I'm bringing my girlfriend, and so now she's coming, and I want to bring all of my coworkers, so I've just been inviting them uh, left and right. Uh, I'm sure one day they're just going to show up, and I was like, man, this is great. And he had his Bible in his hand. He said, however, I just need some help. I'm, I'm not really getting, I'm, I'm trying to read this word, but it's just really, I'm not getting anything out of it. And he, started, he pointed to his Bible, and he said, so he started asking me questions, um, like, what translation do you use? Maybe that's, then maybe that's my issue. And then, and then my mind would start going, okay, well, maybe I should talk to him about translations. And then he said, well, maybe it's a commentary. I heard that there's some really good commentaries out there. Should I do this one or should I do that one? Or maybe you have one that you read personally that you would suggest. And then my mind was like, well, maybe I do. Maybe I would suggest some that maybe I need to know a little bit more about his life. And then he's like, oh, what about devotionals? I heard also about devotionals, which are those little books that you open up that has one scripture. And it talks a little bit more about that one scripture. And it's like a daily thing. Should I do that? Maybe I should do that. And then my mind would start going in that direction. And then the Holy Spirit said, ask him this question. And he said, um, he said, ask him if he's ever given his life to Jesus. So I said, hey, listen, man, this Bible thing, church, I love it. It's really, really cool. However, have you ever just given your life over to Jesus, just like trusted in him, not just for eternity, but starting now that lasts for eternity? Have you ever done that? And he's like, uh, I don't think I have. And I said, boom, there's your problem. You can get all the translations and commentary and devotionals you want. You can read as much as you can, and you can journal and have solitude. But until, what Paul says, until one turns to the Lord and recognizes I can't do it on my own, my need, my need and desperation level goes to here to I just can't do it on my own. I can't even do part of it. Like if you're here to here, you still got room to grow. If, if you're here to here and you're thinking, hey, I, 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 my need level just went like I'm 50%, now it just went to 75%, you're still not in a place. You, God says, until you renounce everything, until you surrender everything, I, don't, I can't be God of part of your life. I'm so amazing and so big and majestic and powerful. I created you so that we can just be together. I don't want just a little sliver of you. I'm a, he said, I'm a jealous God. I want all of you, every single part of you. And when that happens, he said, when you give your life over, which is not really a sacrifice at all, it's giving up a lesser idea of life for a greater idea of life. By definition, that's not a sacrifice. He says, but when you do that, you will get into the unknown. You will move into things that you just don't understand. I don't know how this is happening. I don't know where we're going, but let's just trust God that he actually has a plan. And when that happens, when one turns to the Lord, you can't get enough of this word. You just keep reading it. You're like, did you know, and you read this, and you're like, I never read this, and then you read this, and this comes alive to you, and then this story, and then this story, and then this story, and you're thinking, I just read the whole Bible, and it didn't take me very long, but I want some more. There has to be more inside of there. Or you might just be reading through the Bible and thinking, yeah, I got a little piece of it. I go to church every once in a while, and I've read a little bit of the Bible, but I still want more. There still has to be more. And there is. I'm just letting you know, God's not holding out on you. He was just waiting for you to say, today's the day. Today's the day. And um, today may be the day uh, that I had in 2004. So in 2004 was um, 
It was actually my birthday, January 2004. Now, if you do the math, you're thinking, you're, that actually doesn't add up. That was my birthday whenever I gave my life to Jesus. 2004 was the year, January 2004, is when a dude came beside me named Mark Congdon and said, hey, man, let's start reading the Bible together. And I said, sure, maybe, I guess. And then at one point in time, he said, hey, you should probably give your life to Jesus. And uh, he was Baptist, so he was like, so tonight, kneel at your bed and do that little thing, whatever it looks like. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't do it right then and there, but he's like, hey, just, just go pray to God and, and just I don't, whatever comes out. And I was like, all right, cool, man, I'll try that. And I woke up and I was like, I don't feel any different. <laughs> Anybody? You're like, you know, that you're in church. And yes, I want some Jesus. And you go home, you're like, I don't know what's changed. I don't, I don't see, I don't see anything. And so we just kept getting together. It was every Monday, we started reading the Bible. And uh, every, every single time we got together, Monday night, Monday night, we'd read through the book of John. We'd open it up and open it up. And man, I had a lot of questions. I was like, Mark, this does not make sense. I don't get this. What about this? And he tried to like do his best to give me some commentary, but I was like, just wasn't, wasn't grabbing it. And then, uh, so I was, we continued to go to church, and we continued to read the Bible on Monday nights. And then in August of 2004, months later, uh, there was a water baptism at my church. And so I said, hey, we, I just read Jesus was baptized. And so I probably, probably need to get baptized. I haven't done one of those things yet. So we went to a lake. The whole church was there. And I, I, got, I got thrown underwater by Mark, you know, because Mark baptized me. And I got baptized, and when I came out, the sky ripped open. No, I'm just messing with you. It didn't. But I got baptized, and then I came back out of the water, and I was, like, looking around, you know, what's different, you know? And then I, I came, and I just sat down on some grass, and I just started crying. Like, this is true. I'm not going to joke with you anymore. I just started crying. And I was like, I thought this was supposed to be a happy, you know, fun, good day. Why, like, why am I crying? People were coming up to me like, hey, congratulations. You all right, man? You know, like, they didn't know how to, like, celebrate with me or console me, like, figuring out what's going on. And then I went home, and I continued just to kind of pretty consistently cry. I went home, and I got all my magazines. I was like, this is junk. I don't know why these are in my house. I got the DVDs, you know, the questionable DVDs. I just got those. I got all the material that I just went through my house, my physical house, but I knew there was also a resemblance. Why was I doing that to my physical house? Because God was doing this to this house. And so then I didn't recognize it until afterwards. But when I got water baptized, I actually got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I continued to start reading the word. And you want to know what happened? Day after day, week after week. It wasn't immediate, but week after week, season after season, it became more and more and more alive and real and personal and God continued to transform my life since 2004 to today. So I'm here to invite you into that very thing. Turn to God, ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you up. If you've never had one of those experiences where you just feel and know there's more but don't know what it is, you just need some more Holy Spirit. 